Navy EOD tech Jonathan Bates has a great program to help you get your business the credit it deserves. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Bench Bookkeeping. If you're an entrepreneur, the last thing you want to mess with is bookkeeping. But it is a necessary evil in this world of entrepreneurship. Bench Bookkeeping Relieve that huge burden for me and my business because Bench puts bookkeeping on autopilot. To check out Bench and get one month free of bookkeeping and take that task off your desk, go to veteranonthemove.com slash bench. Hey, today we're talking with Jonathan Bates from Executive Operation Designs. Jonathan, thanks for being here today. Uh, I want to hear what you've been doing in the Navy all these years. Joe, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to talk to everybody. Uh, for the last 23 years, I've been an executive operator. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been an EOD tech, uh, ex- explosive ordnance disposal uh, technician in the Navy, and it has been an amazing experience. Hey, so obviously, I you and I know each other fairly well, so we've been trying to get this podcast interview set up for a while. Um, how many... So one of, the, one of the requirements of your MOS is to be jump qualified. How many actual jumps do you have? 3,987. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know a lot about skydiving, but I don't know very many people. I've never run across very many people that have that many jumps. Are you like, do you know people that have way more than you? Or I mean, because that's a lot, isn't it? Uh, that, I would say that's a lot for uh, the average military jumper. Yeah. Because all of those are, you know, military jumps, <laughs> whether they're static line or tandem and all that stuff. But uh, in the civilian world, that's a very small number, I would say. I mean, I think the world record holder has well over 50,000. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So. So I'm sure you've seen some exciting times and blown up a lot of cool stuff as, as an EOD tech. Tell us a little bit about how EOD, what you've done through EOD and how eventually you've got interested and worked your way into entrepreneurship. Yeah. Well, so being an EOD tech has been, like I said, quite the adventure traveling the world. And fortunately for me, I love the focus of EOD is to keep everybody safe. So, but in order to do that in the various situations, how it crosses over into, um, you know, business is you got to be a great salesperson because you are talking to people, you know, about in situations that are, you know, seem scary to them uh, about some dangerous stuff. And what you're usually proposing sounds crazy. And <laughs> it seems just like every business today, you know, they're the environment today. People aren't super comfortable. Uh, you know, just with uh, whatever the future may bring um, and you're selling them, you know, whatever goods your company has going on. And, you know, it, it might not sound like the best idea up front until they listen to you. And so that has uh, just kind of evolved over the years um, from doing it, you know, on deployments to getting home and then helping people be able to do what we do which is 
continuously create repeatable results out in the field while we're deployed um, by systems and processes and taking those and then training businesses on how to systematize what they do uh, so they can get repeatable results. Yeah, it's been, it's been super fun. Yeah. And one of the first things I worked with you on was uh, systems and systems and processes. And we were in one of the same, you know, mastermind cohort groups about systematizing and automating your business. How is it you, you were doing that and got, got heavily involved and were very credible um, with what you're doing yet you're, you were still in the military at the time when it's going on. So like I, I had even asked, we'd even had this discussion before. It's like, okay, you're in the military, but yet you're advising, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners on how to systematize and automate their business. Did that subject ever came up? Yeah. So that's all I've done for 23 years is build systems and processes, whether they're, you know, disarming a IED or nuclear weapon, chemical, biological, chemical, biological weapon, um, underwater, you know, mines, anything like that has to be systematized. And you're using people that you're working with people that don't know how to do that in the beginning. But then once you teach them the systems and processes, work through it, test the system, make changes and implement your your changes into your systems and processes and just make it a, a continuous thing. That's all we've been doing uh, as EOD techs is building that guideline that that has to be repeated to make sure that we can get uh, repeatable results, um, making sure that people come home safely. And so that experience translates directly into whether you have a law office, a doctor's office, a fast food joint, uh, anything. You have to be able to bring people in, train them on how you want things produced and the experience, the culture, everything that you've built your business around and make sure that when customers come to you, they experience it. Yeah. Now, I mean, you, you, you very eloquently explain your, your great scenario for one, one of the things about military you know, veterans getting out of the military is they've got a lot of really great hands-on operational systematizing kind of automated type things, automating experiences and most of them, uh, most of us kind of self-select and we don't even think we've got anything offered to the business community. And a lot of the companies and businesses out there think, well, you're just a military guy. What do you have to, what do you know about business? But the reality is, and, and you explained it very well, so many of the things we do on a regular basis directly apply to business. We might not be a CPA, we might not be a finance major or whatever, but we know systems, we know processes, we know checks and balances, we know training, and we know people, and we know the implementation of all that. So it's very interesting to hear how you'd be able to extrapolate what you've done as a Navy EOD guy um, out into the civilian sector in the business world. Yeah, I would I would encourage every military member to take stock of what they what they've accomplished. I mean, everybody, like you said, everybody just kind of doesn't give themselves credit. But the, the I, I even say that running a bomb squad is exactly like running a business. I mean, it is down from the from the top to the bottom. I mean, we're giving you know a set of mission, vision, values to our people, you know, and that's like a decision matrix for them to work through 
so that they can make decisions just like you. As a business owner, you need your employees or your team members to produce things. And, you know, like I said earlier, the experience that you give your customers, the culture that you built uh, without you being there. Otherwise, it's you, you're creating a job for you, not not really a business. You know what I mean? And so as a veteran, you have that experience uh, so please give yourself credit and, you know, bring that to the table when when you talk to people about about how valuable you are to their business. <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome quote. Running a bomb squad is like running a business. That could be like like you could write a book and that would be a great title for it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe in the future. I'm not into the books yet. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I got audited by the IRS. Yep. For the first time ever, I got audited. Matter of fact, it's still ongoing for the year 2016. At first, I was real concerned about my books and all the information that was required by the CPA to get through this audit. Then I remembered I'd started bench bookkeeping a while back. I frantically went into my bench account using the bench app on my phone to see if I'd started using bench before 2016. Huge relief. I'd actually started in 2016 but I'd had Bench go backwards to the beginning of the year, so everything was covered. When we were able to immediately provide all the required information to our CPA, he was very impressed with our bookkeeping organization and our records. I just smiled and thought, well, it's not really that I'm very organized or anything. It's because I have Bench. (laughs) That's why. So with Bench, even an audit from the IRS became no big deal. I will never be without Bench. I believe that once you try Bench, you won't ever be without them either. So right now, you can get one free month of Bench and see for yourself how great they are. Go to veteranonthemove.com slash Bench. Check them out there. Sign up. Use them for a month. You'll become a believer. You don't even have to enter a credit card number or anything like that. Just use them for a month, and I, I guarantee you, you won't want to be without them. All right, we're back talking with uh, Jonathan Bates from um, executive operational design. So Jonathan, talk to us a little bit about being an entrepreneur. You know, we, we talk a lot about transition and you haven't quite transitioned. Uh, you haven't really actually retired yet. Um, you, you're one of the best things about your transition plan is you've already become an entrepreneur and you haven't gotten off active duty yet. Um, so you've started early and your transition plan is kind of already set in motion because you're just going to keep on doing what you've already been doing um, as a side hustle and ramp it up once you eventually do get out of the Navy. So talk to us a little bit about the the, the delicacies of, uh, of uh, starting and running an entrepreneurial venture on active duty. Yeah, no, it's definitely been an adventure and, and something that I – put a lot of thought into because, you know, after 23 years, you know that you only stuck around in the military because of the people that you're working with, the love and respect, excuse me, that you've developed over the years for your crew. Um, And so they get 100% during the day. And the only reason I started the side hustle is what you called it. Is because I, uh, you know, have sustained some injuries over the years. And somebody smarter than me sat me down and said, hey, man, you are going to have to do something else after this. 
<laughs> so you need to start thinking about that. And, you know, that's, that's how I, I first wrapped my head around getting out of the Navy. Even, you know, I, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, servant leader, just like all of us when we, when we were brought up in the military and I wasn't done serving, uh, you know, America from my, in, you know, in my heart, from what I wanted to do, because I wasn't ready to get out in the military. I had, mm-hmm. you know, I was planning on going all the way to 30 years. And, but after, you know, a couple of spine surgeries and leg surgeries and <laughs> neck surgeries and all that sort of thing, you gotta, you gotta make a decision about what's better for you and your future and your family and all that sort of thing. Um, and so it evolved over the years, uh, you know, from just advising people into, you know, getting paid more to do it and then building a team so that I could maintain that focus that I mentioned on the people and the crew and the job, because like I said, I'm still 100% dedicated to the military. It's, uh, and it was tough transitioning from building it up yourself into doing it with other people. And that's where we fine tuned and continue to fine tune the uh, ability to have, you know, teach your mission, vision, and values, which, like I said, is the decision matrix that we give to other people to do things the way we want them done. Uh, I don't know if you've had any experience in that. Right. So, you know, what's interesting about so, so often you have 24 years in the Marine Corps, mission planning was an integral part of a, a day-to-day life, uh, especially if you're in, a, in the tactical community doing those kinds of things. I mean, every, every service actually has their own training program for mission planning and in big event planning, you know, the, the tactical and strategic, uh, type mission planning. And, uh, it, it, we have, every service has their own books and, and their own training program all on, how to be either a mission planner or how to plan. And it gets incredibly detailed and convoluted. And when I was in the military going through the training and and doing the basic mission planning just for the tactical stuff with what I did, but then you get, you get even bigger up all the way up to the strategic level type planning scenarios. And you can have a bunch of guys in, in a room for days and weeks planning um, you know, whatever. Um, I, one, one of the thing, one of the most heavily involved I was in this, like the strategic type planning process was we were planning a BRAC move. Uh, one of our units was being bracked, and, you know, we probably put way more effort into it than we needed to, to plan it out to the NAS ass. But the, 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 the benefit to everybody involved was we got to execute the Marine Corps planning process, uh, in, in, in planning just a BRAC move. And there was a lot of details and stuff that needed to be uh, covered, of course, but it was a good exercise to go through. And so you think that this is all a military type thing. You get out in the civilian sector, and one of the first things I worked on with you was, uh, uh, it was uh, mission, vision, and what's the third one? Values. Values, mission, vision, and values. Oftentimes, values didn't enter into the military planning process exactly, but we would we would have mission, vision, and oftentimes one of the biggest things we used in the Marine Corps planning process was commander's intent. 
If you know what the commander's intent is, when the plan changes, you can still keep executing. So, yeah, I would agree. I would say that the values are the are what the commander builds his intent on. So, you know, honor, courage, and commitment are the Navy values. And so, when we made a plan and the commander's intent was put out, he was basing his decisions on that. And then as, you know, a junior leader or even uh, somebody executing the mission, those values are the basis of, you know, every decision that you can. If you have any question on whether you should do something or not, going back to the values is the, is the way you can decide whether it's right or not. Yeah. So when we first started working on some of these, the mission, vision and values, as far as your your business, your civilian business, um, I was pleasantly surprised how applicable the military planning process is towards business, especially with the mission, the vision. And like when we would go through military planning process, typically we wouldn't talk about values in the planning process or in the, in the brief or the, or the plan, there wasn't a section for values. Values comes into the military as, as one of those rock solid foundations to begin with, not part of a specific mission plan, but values is always integrated into everything. I mean, whether you want to call it ROE or the, 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 the laws on the battlefield, uh, and how we conduct ourselves on a day-to-day basis. Values are definitely there. We just didn't typically put it into a particular mission plan. But I was very uh, surprised. At first, I was almost like, really? This is mission. This is like military mission planning. This isn't business planning. Yeah. So the values for business planning, like I said, are just as critical because, I mean, the values for the military – they help determine, you know, if somebody's going to live or die. But the for the business, I would say that it relates just as strongly because when you have your core values hammered out, it helps everybody self-select, like you were saying. The employees want to be there because they believe in your values, especially today's uh, day and age when you're working with millennials. They're here not just for a paycheck. They're here, they want to be part of something. And so having the values plain and written out and repeated and uh, you know, worked into every decision in your business helps give purpose to employees. And more importantly, it's going to save you money because they want to stick around to be part of what you're building, the mission and the vision that you're building and the stepping stones that you're giving them with the, with the values. Um, and I would say it take it goes one step further when you put your values out. Customers self-select. So the people that don't agree with you on what you're doing or how you're what you're building or or the, how you deliver your product are going to self-select as well. They're going to go somewhere else because there's so many choices out there. But people come to you because of how you uh, the culture that you've created around your business and your product, uh, and those are all based on values. If you know, if that uh, helps relate between business and in the military. Right. And, you know, when I first jumped into this entrepreneurship thing, basically a solo entrepreneur, I had this misconception that I need to become an expert on how to do everything. And obviously you can't do that. Um, you might need to become familiar to a certain point with things. 
But I had this epiphany when I was going through this systemization and automation training that from the beginning, I mainly just should have been writing job descriptions, not trying to figure out how to stand up a website or how to do a landing page or how to do any of the other thousand number of miscellaneous things that you need in a running an online business. And the only way you can write job descriptions if your mission, vision, and values is already clearly defined. And, and I had not done that. And that's when I was really like scratching my head. It was kind of like a, um, you know, an epiphany. I was like, holy cow, I, I never really clearly defined my mission, vision, and values and what I was trying to accomplish, which means yeah, I couldn't write job that's descriptions. That's not a military thing, Joe. <laughs> that's everybody thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so true. And, um, you need somebody to sit you. And what's funny is, um, after I'd been through that and figured it all out and did that, I'd run into business owners and within five minutes of talking to them, I could tell right away if they had mission, vision, or values clearly defined. And if they didn't, I'd try to point it out to them. And some guys, you know, a lot, a lot of folks just don't, they just don't get it, you know, and you know, some of the great shark tanks and, uh, bar rescue and the profit shows that you see so many times it's, it's the entrepreneur themselves or the business owner that's totally in the way of, of progress and they don't even realize it. Yeah. It's a, it's a leap to go from a good idea to making a good idea available to other people to be able to make a good idea available to other people without you being involved. Yeah. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about, because you ran several business owners through this um, systemization and automation, automating process. Talk to a a little bit about what they and their business was like beforehand and maybe a little of the pain of walking them through all this because this is not something you can do in a couple days. Sometimes it may take six months or, or more. And then what it was like when they came out the other side, like some of the great stories, I got people that really grabbed onto it and implemented and executed and what, what a difference it was on the other side. Yeah. Today, even the, my favorite stories are just, man, the clarity that people get. So it's, it's the difference between, you know, if I was to show up at your house and say, Hey Joe, let's go for a jog. And you're like, all right, cool. I don't like running, but you don't look like you run very much. So that's fine. We'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go jogging and you and I are just running and you look over and you're like, Hey man, how long are we going to do this? Cause I got other things I want to do during the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just like, no man, let's just keep running. You know? So that feeling that you get, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're in the military, you, you look back and you remember, somebody running you without you knowing where the end of this run was going to go. And you just had no idea what the plan was. And you just were getting tired because you were just putting out, you know, uh, that's what a business owner is like when they don't have a full vision planned out of what they really want to do with their business or Mm -hmm. their future even. So they've created a job for themselves and they feel great at first and it's good. You know, just like when you first get on a run, but after a while, you get tired of the monotony or the just continuous effort that it requires to run this thing. Um, and so if you take that feeling and then at the 
relate it to later in your career or a different workout where you know exactly what you're doing from the beginning to the end and you know what you're going to accomplish and you know how you're going to do it. That feeling is totally different when you wake up in the morning and you get up and go work out or you get up and go to work and you say, this is what we're doing today. And this is the reason that we're doing it because this is where we're going with the business. That um, clarity on what you're doing and the energy that it gets you, uh, the ability to see the results of your work because you know what a win looks like. That is the difference between a business owner that doesn't know what what's happening in the future and a business owner that does just the the difference in confidence uh ability to focus on other things in their life like their family <laughs> uh you know all of those things are huge and only available to you when you've thought out exactly what you really want and then mapped a plan to get there yeah yeah, it's it's amazing the the clarity and you know going back a little bit to what we we're talking about where if your mission, vision, and values are clearly defined, people will either run towards you or they will run away from you. Uh, it's actually reference to a biblical quote, I believe. Um, when when I heard uh, when I heard that phrase for the first time, I was like, "Holy cow, that's so that that's exactly you know what I want or what I need." Um, and believe it or not, you know, in the hiring process, oftentimes we don't even implement our mission, vision, and values to the hiring process. And we, we hire the wrong people all the time because of that. And, and it's not the fault of the employee. It's really a fault of the business owner because they didn't clearly define, you know, we were looking for somebody that loves this and hates this and loves this and hates this and loves to do this and doesn't like to do that. And it, it makes so much sense, but Sometimes as a solopreneur, you're just kind of running through life with your hair on fire and never know where the end of that run's going to come. Um, and I, I think we get roped into, being military folks, sometimes we get roped into this whole, as long as I'm getting up early and working all day long and working hard and I'm busy and, and I'm running around crazy, I must be doing something right because I'm real busy and I'm real stressed. And that's how we're supposed to be, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how we think we are. Uh, until you get to a high enough position in the military and you realize that, other people, you just can't do everything yourself. And it's the same thing for a business owner. You're, you make things happen. You're, you're, you're amazing. You took some raw material and you added some value to it and you breathed life into a business. Uh, you know, so somebody really needs what you're producing. Uh, but when you, if you want to help more people, eventually you have to bring more people on to be able to, if you want to maximize how many people you can help at one time. And just like a command, a, a military command, you know, the commanding officer, he knows that, you know, things have to move from one country to another, but he doesn't have to know that, you know, he doesn't have to know the exact details of how to get from one country to another. He just needs to know that he has experts that are doing the exact details to get you and your team from one country to another. You know right, I mean? right. And it, he he can't he doesn't have the time to to concern himself with the details of getting from one point A to point B because it's somebody else's job. Um, ultimately, the responsibility falls on him, but um, <clears throat> he, he's got uh, bigger fish to fry, so to speak. So, um, hey, one of the things <clears throat> to shift gears a little bit in in walking business owners through their struggles of systematizing and, and automating. Uh, one of the things that you have run across. 
uh, you know, over and over with uh, young businesses and, and solopreneurs is the fact that they're always trying to bootstrap it and they're undercapitalized. So tell us about the, the program that you have to help small businesses raise funds. Yeah. So, man, I'm super excited because we, most businesses fail, not because they don't have a good product and not because there's not customers. It's because there's an in-between phase of getting raw material, like I said, adding value and then delivering it to customers and then collecting the money from them so that you can, uh, you know, pay yourself and have a good lifestyle, which is the only reason to, to build a business, you know, is to help people and, and uh, you know, do what you want to do. Um, so that in-between phase is where, you know, you and I both started bootstrapping, you know, we took the money we saved and we put it into a product and we delivered it. Uh, but eventually you want to grow beyond what you can handle bootstrapping. And so you have to either, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it just like so many other <laughs> people, uh, save a little bit more and wait. Or you can get some investment and move forward uh, at a larger scale so that you can grow. Um, and the that whole process is a mystery. I didn't know about it. I know that when I first wanted to grow, I went to a bank and said, hey, I'd love a loan to be able to do this. Here's our business. This is our profit model and all that sort of thing. And it's it's working. You know, we just we need to be able to, uh, you know, to grow. We need some money to build it and said, hey, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, and just kind of laughed you they, out of the bank. Yeah. <laughs> and they did that because they're like, hey, man, you're you have a, a low personal credit score. And I'm like, well, no, let's see. Look, I have all this credit and I max it out and then I pay it off every month. And that's just not how personal credit is set up to be measured. They're not looking for people to max out their credit and then pay it off every month. They're looking for people to, uh, as far as they're concerned, be responsible with their credit, which is build credit and then pay their bills consistently. They're looking for people that pay bills and that the personal credit system re rewards that. I don't know if you've had any experience with that, Joe. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I've, I've many years ago, I was involved in a couple of different businesses. And one of the things we did was we helped people, you know, get their credit score back in line. And I, I used a lot of those TTPs to improve my own credit score. Uh, but oftentimes when you're trying to build business credit for the business itself, here's what typically happens with a business and an entrepreneur or solopreneur. You really have no business credit. So you're trying to get a loan for your business. Basically you're just getting a loan for you personally and you're choosing to use the money on your business. But what you're talking about is developing a plan and a system and dotting the I's and crossing the T's is a lot of it. It's just strategy where you can actually get a line of credit or a loan for your business specifically that's not personally guaranteed. Exactly. So the difference is that, you know, so they're using that personal credit to look at you to give you a personal loan. Can't, are you trustworthy? And that's exactly what you need to build for your business. So that would be like somebody that you don't know coming up to you and saying, Hey, can I borrow I don't know, $10,000 so that I can do something? You know, they might even have a good story or anything like that, but you do not know this person. And there's only so many ways that you can check to see if they're, you know, 
somebody who you can trust. And so the business credit system in America is set up to verify, you know, the trustworthiness of your business. And inside of it, there's, you know, things that people check uh, traditionally to make sure that you're a real business. Uh, but the advantages of getting everything right are higher credit limits with lower uh, interest rates that are not tied to personal uh, guarantees, which is, um, you know, if your business doesn't do well, if you've ever had a conversation with your partner or your <laughs> or your family or anything like that that said, hey, man, if we don't do well, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make my car payment or I'm not sure I'm going to be able to uh, keep, you know, a certain thing up. You know, because those are personal things that you're worried about or your wife might be worried about or something like that, because they are tied to your business when you bootstrap and do it with your personal loan, like you were saying. Right. Um, but if we can remove all those red flags, then somebody's going to loan money to your business or give you credit based on collateral that you already have in your business or cash flow that you already have in your business or anything like that. But it's 100 percent tied to the EIN which is, you know, your tax ID number for the, for your business. Uh, none of it is tied to you personally. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And this is actually, this is actually a structured program with experts that uh, will walk you through all the little, <clears throat> little nitnoid details. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of what you're using as your business address. And w when you first set up the company, you weren't really thinking about certain things. Oh, you, you need to fix that and change that. And then, and you're basically building a really good looking, uh, legit business, all the things that lenders and banks look for. And oftentimes they won't tell you, well, we found this, we found that, and that's not why we're giving you the money. So you have no idea that, I don't know, you know, having, having a PO box or instead of a legit, um, business address doesn't look good or, or it's, they're not going to loan money to you because you get a PO box or whatever. Um, right. there's a lot of little things like that involved in the beginning. And then, and then your folks actually walk them through a process over several weeks, even months to get their business looking correct. And then you also have places to go and resources to tap into that like to loan money to businesses. Oh yeah, exactly. So we basically do uh, three things and the whole point of everything that we do is to streamline your ability to get your business to fund itself so that you know it's an analogy of a self-licking ice cream cup yeah you know what i mean oh yeah um so the first step is to like you're saying go through your business with a fine-tooth comb so if you don't have a business you know we help you uh set up you know make decisions on you know we're not tax experts or anything but we point you in the right direction and we give you the criteria to set your business up correctly from the beginning and if you already have a business like i said we go through the fine-tooth cone as in to the detail of pull up your LLC paperwork for your state or, you know, whatever business structure you have and pull up your uh, paperwork for your EIN, which is your you know federal tax ID number and do the addresses match. If they don't match, when you go to a bank to apply for a loan and you go to a company to uh, apply for credit, then they're going to see that's one of the red flags. You don't have a legitimate business because the addresses don't match. I mean, I'm talking down to the detail of ROAD for road or RD period for road. Uh, you know, so we break it down and we have developed relationships with the business credit bureaus 
And so that's this is how we're this is where we're getting the information from. We're getting it from the people who actually record the amount of business credit that you have, like Dunn and Bradstreet Experience mm-hmm. Business. And so we've pulled all the details of the requirements to get approved for business, and we remove all the red flags with you from your business. Um, so that's the first step is the fine tooth comb to to make sure that you are legitimate and so that people can trust you when they use the criteria that that is set up here in America for, for business credit. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step. The second step, sorry, go ahead. No, um, I just said we're getting close to our time. So tell us what the second step is. And then uh, when you're done, uh, tell us where we can go to get more information or to sign up for your business, this business funding program that you're talking about. Yeah, so there's three steps to the business credit uh, that we help you with. The first one is we go through with you with a fine tooth comb through your business to make sure that you remove all the red flags that are put out by the, uh, you know, that are looked for by banks and, and creditors for your business. Uh, you know, like Home Depot, Amazon, anything that you want to, you know, have an account with, they're going to have certain criteria uh, of what they can and are looking for to make sure that you're a valid business. And so, like I said, we, we go through with you to make sure that you're set up properly, that you are hitting all the wickets required to get the credit. Uh, the second thing is we create a roadmap with you. Uh, because we've developed the relationships with Dun & Bradstreet and Experience Business and the, you know, the, the bureaus. Like I said, we pulled all the requirements to get credit. Uh, and those include, you know, how many lines of credit you have, what maturity level uh, year-wise is your business, uh, you know, what kind of cash flow do you have. Uh, so that you can maximize the amount of business credit that you can acquire tied to your EIN. Uh, as quickly as possible because you're not wasting time talking to people who can't help you. Everybody wants to help you, but they literally have have criteria that they have to meet before they can give you, uh, you know, any kind of credit for your business. And if you don't meet those requirements, they can't help you. So what we do is, like I said, we've pulled all the requirements from the reporting agencies and we say this company has these requirements, you you meet these requirements, let's start here. And we go one step further to say, not just are these their requirements to give you credit, but these are their requirements to report credit. So for example, if you have uh, an account with Home Depot and you're a construction company, uh, you need to pay a minimum of $50 a month to Home Depot for that payment. If you pay 25, that's great, you're paying off your debt, uh, but that's not what they report to the credit bureaus, you're not building your business credit unless you pay a minimum of $50 a month. And so while we do this, we, like I said, we are maximizing how much business credit you can build in the shortest time possible because you are making every single move you make is moving you forward. Uh, and then the third thing we do is that we're not just giving you a plan. Uh, you know, we work with you. We literally call you actively. So the first two weeks in the program, we are there to call you every single day you know hey joe we see you're on step one dash two what questions do you have okay cool this is how uh you need to do that and i'm going to be here until seven o'clock eastern time tonight and every working day please give me a call and so you're not just by yourself we're actually reaching out to you to make sure that you move your business forward as quickly as possible and so like i said those are the three things that we're doing here uh 
by helping to help you build your business credit and grow your business as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's almost like unheard of it. I mean, the key is you can actually get business funding, business credit without a personal guarantee. And that's really hard to do for a young business. It's really hard to do when you don't know what to do. And it's not a miracle. It's not, this is real business and this is really how it's done in America. Just nobody has taught it in a long time. I'm not reinventing the wheel. I didn't know all these things myself. I had to find somebody smarter than me to teach me. Uh, just like you would in the military, you know, you don't, you know, you not everybody knows how to do a country clearance. You go find somebody who knows how to do a country clearance. You have them work you through it. And then you can teach your people how to do it. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we're doing here. We're trying to help as many businesses as possible grow so that they can keep, uh, you know, doing what they need to do and serving, uh, you know, as many customers as possible. So Jonathan, we're about out of time. Where do we go to get more information on your business credit program? Oh, great question. Ask EOD.com. So www.askeod.com. And yeah, we'd love to help you. you know, you'll see the website, contact us, sign up uh, for a free, uh, sorry, uh, report about it. Uh, you know, just, uh, I mean, everything that we do is, is about adding value. So you can get a free four-step guide to building business credit right there on the front page when you log in at askeod.com. Awesome. Well, hey, Jonathan, I'll give you the last word. If you're talking to those guys still in the military, somebody about ready to get out, looking to start their own business, what kind of advice would you have for them? Uh, you know, not everybody likes to admit that they're scared because we're all hard military guys, but <laughs> <laughs> I know it's scary. You're not alone. You're not the first person. Uh, you know, find somebody who is where you want to be and go talk to them. And don't be afraid because uh, it's it's never too late. You know, all you can do is uh, the next step. And and we're here to help you out. Dude, awesome advice. Find somebody who is where you want to be and go talk to them. I mean, brutally simple, but <laughs> probably works better than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I know awesome. you and I both have always gone and talked to people that you're like, man, yeah. what happened? How did you get here? And, and it's been uh, crucial for me. So I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. All right, Jonathan. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, sharing your story. Uh, look forward to your future success. And uh, that's it. So these two veterans are Oscar Mike. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show... Leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>